You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start covering the Chargers over five seasons ago doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. It is Crossover Thursday, so on today's show, we're going to be joined by your boy Q from the Locked On Raiders podcast to get into this weekend's matchup, and him and David are going to discuss some things specifically for the Raiders. Who are they afraid of right now? How are they feeling about that 3-0 start? Are they believing in it? how Gus Bradley's defense is doing so far, and so much more. But we're going to start the show today by talking about a power rankings roundup because I'm sure most Charger fans are looking at power rankings to see how the Chargers stack up. We're going to look at the Chargers rounding up all of the power rankings and seeing some different media outlets starting to really respect the Chargers, having them as high as 5th or 6th in the power rankings this week after that big win against the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's go ahead and get into it. Chargers.com put together a power rankings roundup looking at all the major media outlets and seeing where the Chargers ended up landing in their most recent power rankings. And there's been a definite jump. And after you see the Chargers take down the Kansas City Chiefs, you keep that winning record because it would be really funny to see where the Chargers would be this week. Had they lost, you know, even on a Hail Mary, like they'd still be the same team that lost on that Hail Mary, but they'd be one and two, right? So I don't think we'd be seeing the high rankings we're seeing this week, but they're getting some real respect. I mean, when you look at this, Bleacher Report has them fifth. The Ringer has them sixth. That's pretty high. I mean, ESPN's Shelly Smith has them ninth. That's three top 10 rankings for the Chargers, and that's a place they haven't been very many times over the last like four or five years. I mean, in 2018, they had some respect, but outside of that, they weren't sniffing the top 10 in power rankings very often. It does seem like, David, when you get a win like that, a lot of people still had questions about Brian Staley and Justin Herbert, and it seems like a little bit they're starting to buy in. Yeah, they definitely are. I mean, it's good to see some of the, those comments, obviously, uh, as guys who support the team and who cover the team, you always look at opinions from other people. And the Bleacher Report staff had some really nice things to say. The Chargers are a couple of illegal shift calls away from being 3-0. and Davenport said, Herbert's playing well as any quarterback in the league, and the L.A. offense is rolling. If they can get a little more consistency on defense, this team has what it takes to make a deep playoff run. And those are comments that you love to see, but also I would say it's a little bit too early to be talking about playoffs. Yeah, but at least you show that you are going to be a contender in these games against these playoff teams, right? And I think that part of it is important. And, yeah, I mean, Bleacher Report also said, That with that all-around effort, sacking Mahomes twice, picking him off twice, causing two fumbles, that they've cemented themselves as legitimate contenders in the AFC. So, I mean, it is just nice to see them actually being able to hang with the heavyweights of the conference, right? Because there's a lot of talented teams in the AFC. But yeah, I mean, the ringer having him sixth, ESPN having them ninth, and I want to talk about Justin Herbert and how good he was against the Kansas City Chiefs. And also thinking about him outplaying Patrick Mahomes in that game. I mean, I literally heard some media people over the weekend saying like, do you want Patrick Mahomes over Justin Herbert at this point? Which is crazy because the dude's a Super Bowl champion, right? Like you've seen him reach the mountaintop already. 
And Justin Herbert is getting that kind of respect from some people. And now the preseason MVP talk for Justin Herbert doesn't seem as crazy. But again, I mean, it is two and one. And I thought what Sports Illustrated said was pretty interesting because they said, I could easily make the case for the Chargers at 6, 7, 8, 9, or 10 because they had them ranked 11th. And he said, Herbert would be the centerpiece around any such rationale. He reminds me so much of Mahomes. Great arm, creative flair, some doubts lingering coming out of college, and a fiery start to a budding NFL career. But at the same time, it is still a young team. That's a team where personnel-wise, there's still some places that they have to work on. And their power rankings, David, they're going to fluctuate. And the Chargers have some really, really tough upcoming games. I mean, we're going to see where they kind of end up in the power rankings after they play the Raiders, the Browns, the Ravens. Like, if they take care of business in those games, they're going to stay in the top 10. They might even move up a little bit. On some of these, the lowest they were on this was 13th, but all of the other ones had them 11th or higher. I did my power rankings this week for Locked On. I had them right around 10th in the league right now. That seems to be kind of the consensus, but some people are fully buying into it. But if they start to struggle over this and they start to go, you know, two and two, two and three, you're going to see them start to drop again. Yeah, you definitely are. And the Chargers, the, their strength of schedule is one of the more difficult schedules in the league, especially early on. With much of those, with a lot of the teams that they're playing, as the biggest reasons why. I mean, those are several teams that won a lot of a lot of games last year. The Browns, the Ravens, playoff teams. So if the Chargers go in and they play well against those teams and beat those teams, then you can really feel a lot better about the Chargers and how they're going to really do this season. I just think that you have to see how they're going to play against those top-tier teams, and if they come out strong, then we really might start believing that this team is for real. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, I think there's still some questions defensively. I mean, the defensive interior, right? I mean, some of the things that we've seen from them giving up yards but getting bailed out by some of those turnovers, like you have to keep up with the turnovers to get the kind of defensive performances that they've been able to put together in the first three weeks. But I do think there is a consensus buy-in on Justin Herbert and on Brandon Staley because as much as people are holding out on Justin Herbert, it's still a first-time head coach. So as much as he sounds great in press conferences, we had to see him out there on the field, and it doesn't seem like he's been out-coached yet, right? I mean, I think discipline-wise, illegal shifts and stuff like that, I mean, you could make the argument there. But as far as excellent as the knows, the plays that they're running, the schemes that they're running, he hasn't been out-schemed yet, right? He might have been out-personnelled sometimes, and guys are losing one-on-one matchups, but there's never been a moment you're like, the Chargers are truly just getting out-coached here, which we have seen from them in the past. So it is nice yes. to see some people actually, you know, taking that into account now and realizing, oh my God, you have a coach who's pushing the right buttons schematically and a quarterback who right now it's hard to say where he is on the list of NFL quarterbacks because if you have him outside the top five right now, that could be blasphemy. The way some people are talking about Justin Herbert and just you know how well he's playing when everything is clicking like it was for him on Sunday against the Kansas well, City Chiefs. Well, Daniel, and it's nice because, hey, we cover the team, and obviously we are very high on Brandon Staley and very high on Justin Herbert, but now you're starting to get that confirmation bias from other people in the media, and I think then people can really start believing it. When you start to see who's watching it, right, because I think Pete Prisco, he had the Chargers 11th from CBS Sports, but he also said, you know, Herbert shook off a rough start, and it's like, I've seen the same Herbert all three weeks. I mean, there's a pick, you know, that could be taken back. A couple of bad decisions, you could say. But the picks have context, too. Interceptions have context. There's only really one of those where I'm like, that was just a terrible throw, and it was against the Washington football team. So I just think that 
all of those things matter. He's been playing out of his mind the whole season. Penalties have brought him back. Different factors have kept them from really putting up points like we saw them do on Sunday against the Chiefs. But it's for real. Justin Herbert's for real. Brandon Staley, we're still figuring out, but it just is impressive to see the fact that he hasn't gotten outcoached yet from my perspective. So I'm interested to see how that keeps going. And one of the reasons I'm so interested to see the Chargers versus the Patriots, because that was a game last year where the Chargers 100% got completely outcoached and outclassed. And we'll see how Brandon Staley handles it this time around. But it's crossover Thursday, and we have your boy Q coming up next. And him and David are going to get into how he feels. Wait, did you do the first one or the second one? And coming up next, David Drogmeyer is going to ask you who they're afraid of on the Chargers and what he thinks the Raiders have to do to win Monday night's matchup. But we'll get into that coming up right after this. First, I need to tell you guys about the best new app that's going to save you guys a ton of money if you use gas, right? If you, everyone goes to the gas station, I go pretty, you know, a couple times a week, but you guys can be getting cash back every time you're at the pump with this new app called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas back every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Now, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That means you guys can be getting 50 cents per gallon off of what you're paying right now in cash back when you guys sign up and use that promo code TOUCHDOWN. Some people are make some people are making as much as a couple hundred dollars a month getting gas and using the Get Upside app. And there's no catch to it, guys. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. All you guys have to do is download the free Get Upside app and start using the promo code TOUCHDOWN, all caps, one word, to get up to 50 cents back per gallon at the gas tank on your first fill-up, guys. So save some money and don't forget the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Well, what's going on, everybody? You know what it is. It's Crossover Thursday. It's David Drogemeyer here, Locked On Chargers. And, of course, I am joined by the host of the Locked On Raiders podcast, your boy Q. It's always fun whenever we get a chance to mix it up and do these crossovers. You and I were just talking a little bit ago that we actually got to do a crossover in person, in studio, a couple of years ago. And I don't think any of the Locked On hosts have been able to do that, man. No, I don't think so, man. That was something that was personal. That was... Uh, our own <laughs> uh you know it was a lot of fun uh actually it's something that i'd like to do more of man so uh sometime some way we got to find a way to make it happen i don't know uh if we got to have to meet up in a certain city or something but yeah man that that was a lot of fun so we'll have to find a way to do it again there's no replacing that kind of energy man no. it was just so much fun to do it in person but hey we, we got a crossover to get to so let's jump right in man yes sir the raiders are they're three and oh i mean what uh no <laughs> 3-0 for the first time since 2002. Of course, they were in the Super Bowl that year, that season. What are the vibes around the team right now? Is everybody kind of believing the hype or still need to see a little bit more? Well, you know, it's funny. The team, they, I mean, they believe in themselves. They've been, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of letting us know the whole time, even in training camp and preseason, that, you know, this team was going to show everyone something, that this team uh, was different than previous teams and that they were all playing for each other. That's kind of been the theme, that they've been all been playing for each other and that they all genuinely have a love for each other. But the fan base in general, man, they've been kind of, you know, cautious, optimistic, but cautious at the same time because, look, it's early and you don't want to get ahead of yourself and think, 
it's like you said, the first time they've gone 3-0 since 2002, they did go to the Super Bowl that year, but you don't want to hang your hat on that conversation because it's a long way to go. It's a long season, and the bottom could fall out quick, fast, and in a hurry. So a lot of fans are really still being very cautious and op- but optimistic at the same time, uh, but excited because not only are the Raiders 3-0, but they've beaten three teams that were 10-plus win teams from a year ago, which uh, that's uh, like the 39th time that that's ever happened that they've had to play. Not them in, in particular, but a team had to play. A team that, uh, that had won 10 games in, a, in the season before. But the first time ever that a team has beaten all three teams that were 10-plus win games. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of excitement uh, from Raider Nation about the season, but still very optimistic and cautious. Yeah, I think that's probably a good approach. I mean, we've only gone through three games, and we still got a lot of football yeah. left. So we got to see what happens. Before the season started, uh, you know, you and I, we did a, a little crossover with the other AFC West hosts. Uh, and kind of just getting, you know, feeling the pulse on what's going on. And I express my reservations about Gus Bradley as the defensive coordinator for the Raiders, obviously, because the Chargers had him as the D.C., and I just didn't like some of the things that he did when when he was the head man in charge of the defense. What have you seen from the Raiders' defense so far, and is it, you know, living up to expectations? You know, it's funny. Uh, I was excited about Gus Bradley. I thought he was going to be a breath of fresh air to the defensive side of the ball. I was excited about some of the players that he brought in, like Unique Ngakwe, uh, also uh, Casey Hayward, a veteran he was brought in, uh, Denzel Perriman. I wasn't really that high on him because I know he's been banged up most of his career, uh, so I, I wasn't really high on him. But he's came in, and he's played lights out. I mean, he's been a guy that has led the team in tackles every single single game I mean he's just kind of all over the field and he's healthy you know and and I didn't think that the the defense was going to really start clicking as quickly as they have but they have and the Raiders have put themselves in bad position especially two uh two games both games played at home spotted the opposing team 14 points and had to battle their way back to win those games but they did and really a lot of it had to do with the defense and the fact that the defense was able to uh you know get the ball back for the offense and give them an opportunity and that's something that the Raiders haven't had for a long time so I'm excited about Gus Bradley I'm excited about this defense that he brings Ron Milas the secondary coach and Richard Smith the linebacker coach I don't want to leave them out because they've been doing some really good things with a very very young team and they've got them believing early so I I do think good things are, are still yet to come I mean, you look at that Raiders defense, and it's almost like the Las Vegas Chargers over there. They got Denzel Perryman. Yep. They got Darius Phylon, yep. Gus Bradley, Ron Miles. So many Chargers connections on that team right there. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting when you look at that. Flipping things over to the Chargers side here, when you look at the Chargers offense and, and all the weapons that they have at their disposal, when you look at this game particularly on Monday night, who is one guy on that side of the ball that you're saying, hey, I just can't let this guy beat beat us? Well, you know, I think when you look at the Chargers, I think it's got to always be Keenan Allen, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's that's the guy who's the dude. I mean, he really is. He's one of those guys that no matter how much attention you pay to him, you know he's going to get his. And so you just don't want him to go off. And, and I say that because it's I, I feel like it's similar to what opposing teams say about Darren Waller. Like, hey, just don't let Darren Waller have a feed day, you know I mean, a, a field day. He might go and get some. He might get his, but just don't let him go off like he did week one against Baltimore. 10 catches on 19 targets don't let him have one of those big monster days kind of limit that guy make someone else beat you and that's how I think that the Raiders are going to approach this game against the Chargers I think they're going to look at Keenan Allen and say 
okay, we can't shut him down, but make someone else beat him. You know what I mean? Make someone else step up and be the man. Uh, make one of their other wide receivers. Make, uh, you know, Eckler in the backfield. Make him be a, a workhorse. Make Herbert make the tough pass. Uh, so I just think that, you know, Keenan Allen is a guy that, that the Raiders are going to look at and say, uh, just don't let him go off. Yeah, that's probably a smart, smart choice. Obviously, Keenan Allen, one of the most reliable wide receivers in the NFL. But you got to be careful because Mike Williams right now is exploding through three games. He is leading the league in touchdowns. He's like top five, top 10 in passing yards or excuse me, receiving yards. Um, He just looks like a whole new wide receiver. So it's That's definitely going to be interesting to see how the Raiders deploy uh, to try to stop those guys. But these games are always intense, man. I mean, these franchises, they've been around for a very, very long time. They know each other. Uh, they're very, very familiar. What do you, what do the Raiders have to do? What is the one thing the Raiders have to do if they want to beat the Chargers on Monday night? You know, I think that their offensive line has got to be solid. I mean, I think their offensive line has got to be better than it has been. Of course, it was a big storyline throughout the offseason, throughout the preseason, throughout training camp. You know, this is a new formed offensive line. Rodney Hudson's no longer there. Gabe Jackson's no longer there. Trent Brown's no longer there. How are these new guys, how are these young guys going to fill in? Andre James, the center position, he's got to be solid. He's got to get better than he's been. Uh, The right tackle, Alex Leatherwood, first-round draft pick, he's got to be better. He's got to continue to improve. And then their right guard, he went out in the first game with the torn ACL. So they've had, uh, you know, they've had a guy filling in, filling that that void, and he's done okay. Richie Incognito was a guy that was expected to hold down that left guard position. He's been out all season with the injury. So uh, now they got former fourth round pick out of Clemson, John Simpson, holding it down. He's got to be better, you know. So I think really it, it's all about the trenches, you know. For the Raiders offensively, their offensive line's got to give Derek Carr time and got to open up some uh, holes in the ground game too. I'd like to see the Raiders get going on the ground a little bit more than they've done this season. Started to get cooking a little bit last week, but the first two games uh, against teams that are very good at stopping the run in Baltimore and Pittsburgh, they were just that. They were they were stopped. They were stopped multiple times, so they didn't really have a ground attack. Get that balanced offense, and to get that balanced offense, you're going to need that offensive line to do to do what they do and do it better. Yeah, the big uglies on the offensive line, very, very important that they play very well. But that's all I got. We're going to switch things over to the other side. Your boy Q is going to ask me some questions about the Chargers, and we're going to get into that right after this. All right, well, before we get back to the crossover and have your boy Q ask David some questions, I need to tell you guys that if there's any kind of auto part that you ever need, the only place to go is rockauto.com. And I am now a valued rockauto.com customer because since they have come on and been our sponsor, I've used them multiple times, three times, to be exact, use them to get an alternator for my fiance's Camry. And I've just really been so impressed with how easy it is to find what you need at rockauto.com because I don't know a ton about cars, but all I had to do was search the type of car I had and in just a few easy clicks, I found the part that I needed and then I called my stepdad who's a mechanic to make sure I got the best price. And that's the great thing about rockauto.com is whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, you get the same great price and you're getting the biggest inventory that you can ask for. So support a family business and go to rockauto.com anytime you have any kind of auto part that you need and make sure to go to rockauto and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck. And when you go there, write lockdown in there, how did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. I also need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, and that's betonline.ag. We're back in better than ever, guys. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. 
With a new updated site and interface, there's even more props, odds, and contests at betonline.ag, and they continue to be the number one source for everything football. But you can also check out basketball, boxing, UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, and don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have for the 2021 season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And here we are back here on the crossover edition. It is week four. It's Chargers. It's Raiders. It's David Drogemeyer. It's your boy Q. We like to get together. And man, uh, it's fun always talking Chargers and Raiders. And so as you take a look at the Chargers who are 2-1 and one, coming off a big time victory over the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, mind you, uh, doing a really good job so far this season. Of course, they come in with high expectations. What have you seen from quarterback Justin Herbert from year one where he was just thrown into the mix to year two when he was you know planned to be the starter expected to be the starter and oh by the way has a new coaching staff yeah I mean he looks fantastic when you look at Justin Herbert everyone was kind of wondering if he was going to have a sophomore slump uh, but that is definitely not the case and I think Joe Lombardi's a huge uh, uh, component of that uh, really putting him in good positions uh, to make great plays they're, they're not throwing the ball down the field, you know, 50, 60 yards, but they are still attacking down the football field. And there's just so many weapons that are getting involved. Austin Eckler and the running game and the passing game. They're even got Jared Cook going from time to time. Obviously, the Raider fans know something about Jared yeah. Cook. Uh, Mike Williams, like I said, has had a, a just a resurgent year, probably the best year of his NFL career. Uh, and that's one thing Joe Lombardi said before the start of the season is that You know, that X receiver role that Mike Williams is going to be playing, you know, you look up at the end of the year, you're going to like what you see on the stat sheet. And through through three games, Mike Williams looks like a completely different type of receiver. Uh, They're using a lot of motion, which uh, is is working, but also getting them in trouble with some of those stupid illegal shift penalties. (laughs) But this this offense, it's moving. I mean, they're moving very, very, very well. They had some issues in the red zone. Uh, early on in the in the season, but they seem to have righted that ship against the Chiefs, scoring four out of the five times. Uh, this offense is humming, and Justin Herbert is slinging it all over the field. He looks just nasty this year. You know, you mentioned Joe Lombardi, and obviously he's a key cog on this coaching staff, this new coaching staff, but uh, head coach Brandon Staley, he's a guy that multiple times so far this season has proven to be very aggressive. You know, he was very aggressive against the Cowboys and very aggressive against the Chiefs going for it on fourth down, uh, you know, playing the analytics role. What have you seen from uh, from Coach Staley as he's taken over as the head man there in, uh, in L.A. with the Chargers? Gigantic balls, I think, is the only way that you can explain what we've seen from Brandon Staley so far. He just has such a um, respect. He has a lot of confidence in Justin Herbert, and he really wants to put him in positions to try to win the game for the team. He's gone for it on fourth down multiple times, which is very polar opposite to the last two head coaches that the Chargers have had with Uh, Anthony Lynn and Mike McCoy, they were very, very conservative in their play calling. And when you go up against some of these teams that can score at will, you have to have that aggressive mindset because you might not get another opportunity. And I think the Chargers saw that firsthand last year when they made the decision against the Kansas City Chiefs to punt the ball back to the Chiefs and watch Patrick Mahomes go down the field and score a touchdown in overtime and win. I think Brandon Staley saw that and noticed that, hey, 
if you get the opportunity to keep your offense on the field and go down there and score, you have to take those tra- take those chances. And we've seen it work out more often than not in the Chargers' favor, and I love it. Sticking with the Chargers offense, you know, I mentioned uh, Justin Herbert, of course. He has a lot of high expectations. He looks good really early on. And I mentioned earlier in segment number one about the Raiders offensive line. Well, the Chargers are, are, are rebuilding or, or have rebuilt their offensive line. Of course, they go out and get the first round draft pick out of Northwestern, Rashawn Slater. What have you seen from the rookie, the number 13 overall pick? And what have you seen from this uh, new formed offensive line of the Chargers? How are they kind of blending together and, and trying to become a cohesive unit? Rashawn Slater is a phenom at left tackle. I think there's really no other way to explain it. He has not given up a single sack through three games. He is a mauler in the run game. He's a guy already that you feel comfortable leaving out on an island and you believe that he's going to get his job done. That is just an incredible compliment for a guy who did not play football last year, came in in great shapes, was still committed to his craft, and he's been playing at an extremely high level. He does not look like a rookie out there, and I think that is just uh, – it's really nice for the Chargers who have been looking and searching for a solid – and I mean really good off uh, – excuse me, a very good left tackle for a very long time. And I finally believe that they actually have that person. Also, yes, they invested a lot of funds finally into the offensive line. Matt Filer has been fantastic at guard. Corey Lindsley has been that commander in the middle, you know, taking some of that – protection responsibility away from Justin Herbert, letting him kind of do that himself. Uh, Odea bushi has been fantastic. Unfortunately, the right tackle has been the big problem for the Chargers. Brian Belaga got hurt, has not been able to play. He's been on IR. Then they've had Storm Norton, who's had some good games, some bad games. He's been up and down. So that's definitely in an area of concern. But This offensive line is night and day better than the last couple of years, so it's a huge improvement. Uh, It's just kind of sad that they took so much time to finally realize they need to invest premium talent, um, both in the draft and through free agency to improve the offensive line, and it seems like they finally got that message across, and Justin Herbert has a great time, and their run blocking is just much better unit this year. You know, as you mentioned, the right tackle position, of course, if you look at the Raiders and their defensive line, and you know Gus Bradley very well, you know the kind of defensive scheme he runs. He's not going to blitz a whole lot. He's also going to come in waves. You know, he doesn't want a guy to get tired, so he wants to send wave one, wave two, wave three, uh, if if they are that deep, you know, to get after the quarterback. Uh, Max Crosby is coming off that right edge. You know, he's coming off, he's coming off screaming. He's been playing really well so far this season. How much concern is there with the right tackle being an issue uh, for the Chargers and Max Crosby having a really good season so far? I mean, it's obviously a legitimate concern. Max Crosby's been playing phenomenal football. He's been just screaming off the edge. He's relentless. He has that that relentless motor that you're looking for, that kind of like Joey Bosa, he has that motor. That's what you want in a, in a pass rusher, and Max, Pro- Max Crosby is bringing it on every single down. So, yeah, it's a huge concern. I expect that the Chargers are going to try to help with running backs, chipping on that side. They're going to probably uh, keep in an extra tight end from time to time to try to chip. But you can't do that on every down. So right. Storm Norton's going to have to do his homework, and he's going to have to do his best to try to limit Max Crosby's effectiveness. But Justin Herbert is fantastic against pressure. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league against against that because he can roam around and extend the play, and obviously he can throw uh, a million miles down the field. So he's uh, he's got a very accurate arm as well. So, I mean, 
kind of pressure if you dare, but that's that's one guy on the defensive side for the Raiders that you just absolutely cannot allow to beat you. And to his credit, he's been playing great football. Yeah, no, he really has. He's been uh, he's been fun to watch. Uh, this is year three for him, so you could just see him kind of mature. And of course, Unique Ngakwe, the big free agent pickup that the Raiders got in the offseason, has helped out a lot as well on the other side. Now, uh, David, flipping over to the offensive or the defensive side of things, which of course the Chargers hang their hat on that strong defense. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, Asante Samuel Jr. He was the second round draft pick. He already has a couple of interceptions on the season. A very impressive one last week against Kansas City, laying out to go get it. Uh, what have you seen from the second? round guy out of Florida State how impressed have you been by him he's been locked down man and it's been incredibly impressive for a guy that we thought was going to come in and struggle uh, you know having to come into the league and start right away you don't really see corners come into the NFL and have success just right off the bat that just doesn't really happen so I think that's a testament to who he is to his lineage to kind of his path to the NFL at starting at St. Thomas Aquinas uh, which uh, that's a school that's produced and cranked out many NFL football players that are in the league right now and have played in the league. So he actually said that his time at St. Thomas Aquinas was more difficult than his time at Florida state, (laughs) which I think is pretty crazy. But uh, I think because of that structure and because of, you know, who his family is, he's really also, he has a chip on his shoulder because everyone's saying, Oh, that's Asante Samuel's kid, but he wants to carve out his own path. He's very, very big on that. He wants to have his own individual career, and through a couple of games so far, he's been locked down on the outside. He hasn't allowed any touchdowns so far. He has those couple of interceptions. He's just a dog. He's a physical corner, a guy who's not afraid to come up and run support. He's a sure tackler, and he he gets his hands on the football. He's around the ball. That's the type of defender, the type of corner that you want. Asante Samuel Jr. has been everything and more that the Chargers have expected from a second-round pick. You know, I want to stick with the secondary. Derwin James, he's a guy that a lot of Raider Nation, including myself, I mean, I remember being at the draft when he was selected and the Raiders took Colton Miller and the Chargers were ended up ended up getting Derwin James. I thought that that was a mistake, but he's been banged up a lot of his career. Uh, he's back. He's healthy. Uh, he could play anywhere on the field, I guess, outside of nose tackle. What has been what has been the uh, the 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 just the kind of. I don't know the feedback or, or the, the how, how much have you benefited? How much have the Chargers benefited from having a healthy Derwin James on that defense? It's just simply everything. It's so important that, that he's back because he's kind of like four players in one. He right. can really do multiple different things on that side. And he's a guy that you can feel comfortable going one-on-one with Darren Waller. And there's not a lot of safeties out there that you feel like, hey, this is a guy that can potentially lock down uh, one of the best receivers in the NFL. And I call him a receiver because that's what he is. He's right. a receiver in a tight end's body. I mean, he's, right. he runs what, a four, three, like <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous for a guy of that size. But Derwin James has the ability to match up with that type, that type of player. He also can help you in run support. He can play back. He can play everywhere. And that's how Brandon Staley is using him. He's really moving him all over the football field and trying to get him as close to the ball, as close to the action as he possibly can. That's what he did with Jalen Ramsey the year before with the Rams. And that's what he's doing this year with Derwin James. 
Yeah, no, I, I can see that, man. And, and he's a heck of a player, and, and it's nice to see him healthy because when he's out there and healthy like he is so far this season, man, he's, he's an incredible talent. Just had a couple more questions for you as far as the defense goes. Uh, speaking of healthy, Joey Bosa, I know he was in and out of the game last week against Kansas City dealing with a foot injury. He's another guy that's been banged up quite a bit in his, his career, but when he's out there, man, he's an absolute animal. Uh, what's the health right now of Joey Bosa? How, how, how healthy do you think he'll be on Monday night? So what's kind of crazy to me is that Joey Bosa went into this game, did not practice all week, and he said that he his foot actually felt better as the game went on, which I thought was uh, kind of peculiar because that doesn't usually happen. So by all accounts, he came uh, out of that game healthy and feeling good. He gets a couple extra days of rest to be with the Chargers and Raiders game on Monday night. So I think that's also going to help. I expect that he, barring any setbacks that we don't know about right. that Joey Bosa is going to be out there and trying to come for Derek Carr, Derek Carr's head on yeah. Monday night. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all. And that's, again, going to go back to that offensive line and how they got to be able to uh, hold their hold their water and make sure that they hold up their blocks because if not, man, it could be a long day. Derek Carr could be on the run for sure. Those guys up front do a heck of a job for the Chargers. And final question for you, and it's always great catching up with you, man. I do appreciate your time. If you had a weakness that you could point out that when you look at the Chargers, when you see them on the field, offensively or defensively, special teams maybe, if there's a weakness that maybe the Raiders could exploit and if they lose the game, if the Chargers lose, you could say on Tuesday, like, yep, that's the reason why. Uh, kind of knew that that was going to be a problem. What would you think that that would be? Yeah, two things. One of them is self-inflicted, and it's the penalties. The The Chargers have to clean the penalties up. A lot of those procedural penalties that have erased several touchdowns and big plays, that has to get uh, taken out completely. The Chargers have been beating themselves too much. But as far as something that the Raiders can take advantage of and exploit, it's something that's similar to the Raiders. It's the run defense. The Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. They're giving up 150 plus rushing yards per game. Um, but that's part of it's kind of part of the game plan for Brandon Staley because he, he keeps a roof over the coverages. He does not allow the explosive plays. The Chargers have not allowed a passing play outside of that Ezekiel Elliott and C.D. Lamb play at the end of the first half, which I'm not going to count. They haven't really let any other plays past 32 yards, uh, a pass play to Terry McLaurin against the Washington football team. That's it. They haven't allowed any other passes to go further than that length. So they're really trying to make you do death by a thousand paper cuts. They really want you to dink and dunk your way down the field. And they're kind of expecting you to make a mistake because that's the whole game plan. They're not going to let you get the explosive plays. They're not going to let you throw it deep down the field. That's not something that Brandon Staley is going to allow. They're going to allow you to run the ball and, and keep possession if you can, but the Chargers are expecting that the Raiders and every opponent that they're going to play is, is going to make a mistake and they're going to be there to capitalize. Interesting. Very interesting right there. Well, it's going to be a fun one, man. It's Monday Night Football. It's going to cap off week four. All eyes will be on SoFi Stadium. And I guess it would be wrong if I didn't say anything before I let you go. But SoFi Stadium, I'm expecting it to be a blackout. I've seen reports of 74% of the tickets sold already are going to be uh, Raider fans. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the mismatched crowd that's going to be there uh, on Monday night? Mostly uh, Raider fans. Nothing new. <laughs> it's, 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 it's nothing new. I think the That's Chargers true. know that the Raiders fan base, they travel very, very well. It's been like that the last five or six years. And before the Chargers want to expect that to change, they need to win and win a lot in Los Angeles. 
Uh, and until they do that, then it's going to be like this. So I think the Chargers know it's going to be like that. Uh, and I think the energy is what they're going to focus on. They're not going to be looking at who's going to be in the stands. I think it's just going to be a raucous, incredible environment, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I know that everyone's looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, I know I'm looking forward. I know you're looking forward to it, man. Monday night it goes down. Monday night football to wrap up week four. Chargers and Raiders wouldn't want it any other way. David, thank you so much for your time, man. It's always great catching up with you. Always a pleasure, man. We'll do this again later on in the season. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's show. A special thank you to your boy Q again for coming on and giving some great insight to this Monday night football matchup. But until next time, guys, make sure you go follow the show so you never miss a show. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast. Make sure to follow or subscribe. It's always free to make sure that you guys never miss a show. But you can also find the show on our social media. You can find the show's Twitter at Locked On LAC, our new Instagram page at Locked On Chargers, and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. If you want to follow me and David on Twitter, you can find me at Dan Talk Sports and David on Twitter at DroTalkSD. But that's going to do it for today's show, guys. Until next time, take it easy and go Bolts.